0: Lady from Day is an original novel adapted for radio. Lady from Day is written and produced by April Smith. Previously on Lady from Day. Leah and her group encounter Gorlags and listen quietly as they talk about some woman that escaped. Book One, In the Halls of the King. Chapter Eight, A Surprise Visit.
1: We decided to follow the Gorlags, at a distance, to try and see where they went. Obviously, if they were securing the area so a person wouldn't escape, the person must be close and either very important or very valuable. We didn't get too far because the Gorlags decided to trek through the river hither. The river starts with sandering ends, with a forest skirting along the side of it, so we have plenty of cover. The tracks we were following disappeared under the current of the clear river. We chose, after losing the Gorlags, to continue to look for a cure for the princess. We had to turn around and eventually came upon a stately rider, who wore dark purple hooded mantle. The horse was elegantly dressed in chainmail, with a velvet overcoat. The horse's face was armored. I couldn't tell from my angle if the rider had armor as well, At any cost, it definitely wasn't a gollag. Who goes there? The rider removed his hood, revealing a charming, delicately groomed face, with just a faint hint of a moustache and some reddish stubble on his chin. His deep brown eyes were woven with warmth. His dark hair was cropped short, but not overly so. He hadn't been wearing a whole suit of armour, it would seem. He just had a light mail covering underneath a velvet overcoat that matched that of his horse. It was emblazoned with the crest of the house of Phairis. He had a long sword attached to a belt, and he replied, gripping it.
0: My name is Rowan, prince of the land of Phairis, and a former ambassador to the land of Kyrie. Who might I be addressing?
1: I am Leah Yovar of Dwivenay in the land of Alisonia, and I have been charged with the task of curing your sister, the princess Dashel. He chuckled to himself and turned his horse. He then waved his hand behind himself. Suddenly, a sizable force emerged from the trees. They were on foot and armed with bows and short swords. There were a few random pikemen in their midst as well. I wondered to myself the reason for him coming through the deadly swamp, and I was even more curious to the reason why he brought armed men with him. I noticed in amusement that several of those men were caked in sticky sand.
0: <laughs> Pardon me for surprising you like that, milady. I was sent to follow you. If your party was in any danger, then I was to come to your aid. It was their so actually. I had just arrived home and she told me there was a new interest in her predicament. We both wanted you to be successful, and since no one had ventured this close to the Golag territory for years, we decided it was a good idea for me to follow you. Since she had such a strong hunch that you would uncover the cure, she really wanted you to survive this ordeal. Uh, we never had anyone search for the cure in an anti spell since my late mother, so that makes your accomplishments even more important. But you certainly are not what I had expected when Dashel told me about you. What I didn't know is that you'll be so becoming.
1: I don't know what to say, Your Highness. I could sense that Sig knew Rowan was complimenting me when he lifted his brow and gave me a silly grin. There was nothing I could do to counteract the prince's remark. I just made my expression serious and leaned against the nearby tree and looked into the heather. I got straight down to business. What do you propose to do now, since we know what you were sent to do?
0: Well, I suppose I will have to accompany you then, if that's alright with you, lady. I would hate to be a disappointment to my darling little sister. (laughs) If you want to rest, I suggest you go to the Varavin. It borders the Gorlak, but it is a heavy-guarded area. You will be safe there. They have two large guard towers, one at the entrance and one at the exit. The town itself is also decently sized, and I think that would be at least the best place to start, if you were to do anything. And hey, who knows what you'll hear in therein. A lot of weird folk are always coming through there. It's also near enough to the Kaylas that if we needed to go there, we could go as well. Although I would consider that as a very last resort, of course.
1: I suppose that War Orwin is where we will go then. I was planning on sleeping out here, but after our run with the Goulags, I'd rather stay in the town. I'm glad you are here, because you know the region. Since I'm a foreigner, I don't know all of the towns.
0: It comes with the job. Ah... <laughs> uh. I don't have much of a choice really. I get moved back and forth from one uprising to another problem. I don't really mind it though, to be honest. I get presents for my travels and I give them to my father's court. So when I get home, it's, it's like the day of the winter feast. It's probably about the one thing that my sister has to look forward to. Hmm, Dazzle, she has wanted to play music for so long, but I haven't found anything to suit her yet. But I'm determined to find something before I get back, though, which hopefully will be before the real feast. I know it will all be a little odd, but I'm sure in one of the villages we might encounter, we'd find something for her. Maybe even in Varavin.
1: Where is this town?
0: It's quite close, on the other side of the river, about a two days' journey from here. There's a bridge half a mile that way, and as long as we don't encounter the Golak, we should be on an easy track.
1: That is good to know. <laughs> As we were nearing the Hiver Bridge, we started to enter a large wooded area. The old leaves crunched beneath my feet. The sky overhead was ribbed with webs of branches as the trees embraced each other. The river was getting wider, and soon we came upon the bridge. Fortunately, the Gorlags weren't there, so we crossed easily. Once we came over the bridge, we could see a vast line of snow-peaked mountains. Cradled in the valley was the town we had been heading towards. I could see that Rowan was right about their defences. Not only were their towers connected by large stone walls, but the whole town was surrounded by a moat. Only a vast drawbridge on either side allowed travellers inside. We journeyed down the forest path to the town. We almost stumbled into an unlikely arrival. The gulags of earlier today were here. They talk to each other in the low, scrappy voice of theirs. We silently listen to their conversation.
0: She has been secured. Nightpack Limbreus has her in the dungeon. We have upped our defenses so she cannot escape like before. Good. Then let us proceed to the keep.
1: What do you think they are up to?
0: Hmm. I have no idea. But whoever is at that keep is surely there due to force. She is certainly not a willing guest. I think after we rest in Varavin, we should try to find out who this woman is, and whether she is a friend or a foe.
1: How are we to get in?
0: Well, it is said that the Goraks of Krakash take human servants to work for them. I think we should be able to sneak in and pretend we are working in the kitchen. And then we could try to serve food to the prisoner and find out who she is. Of course, we need to find this keep first. Haha. Ha, um, Lee? Uh, let me ask you something. Why are we listening to him? And, um, more importantly, why are you listening to him? Why is this person so important? You know, that little thing we've been looking for? What was it called again? Oh yes, the cure. How is going to a Gorlag-controlled keep going to help us out? Lee, for once, you aren't thinking with your head...
1: I'm listening to him because this female they imprisoned could be the key to unlocking the mystery of Dashiell. You know that the Gulags are benefiting from the starvation in Faerus. Perhaps she knows something, and the Gulags are keeping her so she can't tell people like us or Rowan's father. The Gulags are getting people from this land to go to them because they have food and we do not. It is only logical that they want this to continue some people are willing to be slaves for food. It is horrible, you know. Sig, why can't you have a little faith?
0: I am going to have to be honest with you, Lee. I believe you are being drawn to that conclusion because, and only because, Rowan has poisoned you with his looks and charm.
1: It's Rowan, not Rowan. Siegfried Jeffrey Hollander, that was uncalled for. I don't care what you think. But know this, I've never made decisions based on someone's charm. On the subject of looks, you can go back to Allisonia if you think that I will be led by something as trivial as that. Well, unless someone else has anything clever to say, I suggest we move on. Toward Moir Awen to find the keep. The hours passed slowly as we were on foot and couldn't travel at a fast pace. Save Rowan, who rode on his horse. Quite comfortably, in fact. We were getting quite hungry, and so we all stopped to scavenge what was available. Mushrooms. What else? How can your people tell the difference between edible and poisonous mushrooms?
0: Well, it's fairly simple, actually. Most depends on what they look like. If it looks flat on top, with a long stem, with white gills, it's usually poisonous. Also all those little brown ones you see, they are poisonous too, and I'm sure you've seen morels. Well, false morels look like the regular ones, except the bottom of the cap looks like a skirt. And it doesn't have the pitch and ridges like the true one. I have been told that the evils in that particular mushroom can be driven off if it's cooked thoroughly enough. I wouldn't risk my life on it though. Unfortunately some of my people do. I can't wait till the day when I don't have to do such things anymore. We try to educate the people as much as we can, and their pigs they use to search for troubles are all but gone due to Dajel. The number of wild animals for feasting is dwindling. I hope to be able to introduce some sort of creature from Kyrie, and I'm sure that the Fenarians would assist too given their alliance with us. I really like to be able to offer more to them. Money is getting to be worthless, and I'm afraid that the people will get to the point where they are so desperate they will try to mutiny against my father. On the bright side, my father's family has always been known as the rulers of the land, more so than the people. We give them very few guidelines and rule with a mother at hand. Happy people are always more productive.
1: After Rowan finished talking, we got lucky and found some mulberries to eat as well. I really prefer the taste of raspberry to mulberry, but it was better than just eating mushrooms. These mushrooms didn't have much juice because the woods we were in were dry, so they didn't have a lot of moisture. They got the job done and after we were all satisfied, we continued. Nightfall came more quickly than I was used to. We had walked so long and hard and cautiously, so as not to get into any gorlag entanglements, that I completely lost track of time. We decided to make camp in the forest, but we all stayed high in the trees so the gorlags wouldn't attack us at night. I was a bit wary to make the tree climb because there were no obvious footholds, I had to use some rope to give myself the proper leverage. Then, once I found a limb, I wrapped the rope around myself and it so I wouldn't fall off when sleeping. I know we all felt a little safer this time. Rowan's men weren't equipped with rope, so they used their belts to wrap around the trees. They just had to get higher up where the trunk was thinner in some cases. It was a good thing they had longsword belts. The pikemen had a bit worse time trying to get up so some of my men dropped their ropes for them to climb up. The archers had their belts, which they used to hold arrows, fire threads. When needed, the fire threads are like rope, but they smolder for lighting fire arrows, and short swords. The archers had no trouble getting into the trees because they had been used to it in some forest warfare training. At least I suppose they are training, unless they just like climbing trees when they were children. That is at least something you don't forget how to do. When we woke up the next morning, we were all fairly stiff. My neck was hurting from sleeping in the same position. I tried to hug the tree as best I could, but it was a tree, of course. The rope, at least, had held firm around myself and the tree. When we were all ready to leave, those with ropes made a sort of pulley system to where we didn't exactly tie the rope to the tree branch and come down from the rope. The archers who were more adept at tree-climbing got on the ground. We swung one end on the other side of the branch to make an upside-down U with the rope. The archers would put all their weight on one side of the rope, and another man would use the other end to start descending down. Once everyone was safely on the ground, we decided to keep moving instead of looking for food, so we could have a decent meal in mwa our win The river hither led us down into a valley in the midday, where the tops of chimneys peeked out over their houses to spy on us. The path down to the village was steep, so Rowan got off his horse to walk it down. There was no good in getting himself or the animal injured. The dirt path, which was narrow at first, widened to accommodate a large number of travellers. It was midday when we neared the town. We could see shoppers busily moving in the stores. A plump woman entered a store accompanied by a small child. She exited with a large basket of bread, the heat visibly rising off the newly baked dough. The scent of food reached our noses, the clang of pints and the rich chuckles of men in the alehouse. I could smell garlic from a hearty stew brewing from the inn. I could hear several stomachs growl, asking for those pleasantries we were whiffing. I felt sorry for the others in my group, so I called to them. You have the rest of the day to do as you wish. Meet at the west end of the town by tomorrow at dawn. You know the rules. No relations with the village women and no drinking till you're drunk at the alehouse. If I catch you at the brothel, you aren't coming with us. And if you're drunk, tomorrow's hangover won't help us on our track. I'll make provisions at the inn for you.
0: You handle men well for a woman.
1: Are you trying to tell me women can't command a force?
0: No, I'm just saying you do a remarkable job of maintaining discipline. For a woman to take charge of men who carry their egos on their shoulders, or should I say whose egos carried them, is quite unheard of. I would have thought it was impossible. You've certainly gained my respect.
1: Well, the men just need guidance.
0: Yeah, but you're so young.
1: Like you're much older.
0: I'm 22. How old are you?
1: Does it matter?
0: Well, yes... Yes, I want to know. I can't say I'm not curious. A woman that takes command of a male-driven force is a woman to be reckoned with.
1: Fine, if you want to know, I'm 19.
0: 19?
1: Yes, do you have a problem with that?
0: No, no, I just thought you were a little older, that's all. I didn't expect someone, especially not 19, to be leading a group of men, most of which are older than you, trying to find a cure for something that stunted several mages and took my mother. Not to mention risking your life out in a swamp.
1: The Swamp of Sandring doesn't bother me. I know how to cross it. The only thing bothering me presently is your company.
0: Mm, Please don't... don't go.
1: Let go of me! I will hurt you if I have to, Prince Rowan.
0: Just hear me out, Leah. I've been out of fairies for two years. Please forgive my manners. Kyrie is so different and I've been on the road with my men for two weeks without the company of a lady. I'm sorry I'm not being the politest person, but I have forgotten. I would have thought that you would have been more understanding about my manners since you are around this group of men. (laughs) I can't help but want to be with you. You intrigue me. I haven't met anyone with your stamina and zest ever in my life. I'm quite jealous of this secret of yours.
1: Secret of mine?
0: (laughs) Why, yes. You are courting, aren't you?
1: And he's only been just a childhood friend.
0: Oh, he seemed awfully jealous when I was complimenting you today, even though I'm sure he didn't hear what I said.
1: Yes, he was, wasn't he?
0: Mm, please forgive me for being conceited.
1: Comes with the job of being Prince, doesn't it?
0: No, I'm like Dajil. We try to get out of the common stereotype of royalty. I've just been in Kyrie for so long, I try to represent Ferris being as sophisticated as possible. That also means I try to be a little stuffy at times. It was hard, but the the enterprise I was travelling with helped a bit. My father had sent us with a chest laden with truffles.
1: Truffles? I knew that the mushroom was a delicacy, but why would they send a more tasteful edible food of all things to another country? Rowan answered me as if he read my mind.
0: My father told the court to save the truffles, so the Kyrans would know how much we treasure the thought of peace between our two countries. I see. Speaking of food, uh, would you mind accompanying me for dinner? I would certainly like your presence. Uh, something of a change from the brutes I'm around with. <laughs> uh, at any rate, I meant what I said earlier. I was surprised to meet a leader. There was a candy to look at.
1: I suppose you can escort me. As long as you try to be a gentleman.
0: <laughs> I'll Try?
1: Try. You've already
0: started. Leah is played by Sophie Neveu. Rowan is played by Faythorne. Siegfried is played by Jaunty Hat. Gorlag One is played by Moose. Gorlag Two is played by R. Douglas Barbieri. For other casts and credits, please visit www.ladyfromday.com That's www.ladyfromday.com. Join us next time for the continuing story of Lady From Day.